Alright, so I gotta just figure out what a good bumper is gonna be for this month, a month of dope. I mean, there's gotta be something good for it. Hello? Door's yeah. open. Sam, what's up? It's Steak, man. Uh, not much, not much here. Can't think about what to do for this month of dope that's coming out, so just gonna watch some TV, just relax, can't get my head together. What is, what, why are you that grin on your face? Oh, well, well, remember uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, we found that guy broken into your house? Yeah? Well, listen to this. You, I'm the Mac Daddy on Mac, Slick Willie. <laughs> With my five-step program, you can learn how to be a... Hey, you motherfucker. You're the guy that busted into Zan's house last week. What are you talking about? I don't know about no breaking into no house. I've been here trying to sell my wares on how to be a street vendor. <laughs> no, actually, you said your name was Slick Willie. I have fucking proof, and I'm gonna bash your skull in his retribution. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I was trying to do how to make a podcast when I went to your friend's house. I did not break in. The door was open. But in order to risk prosperate the reputation of you and your friend, how about I give you some compensation for this grievous error I had perpetrated upon you and your friend. <laughs> well, sir, I may be willing to make a deal in order not to stomp your nuts into mush. What do you got? What I have here is five ounces of grade A cryptoquana cryptodoc. And now smell some of my wares. Alright, let's see what we got here. Looks good. Whoa, whoa, I think I got a fucking buzz off that. Alright, alright, slick. So here you go. All right, we'll make it a deal this time, but if I catch you around our neighborhood again, we're going to have some problems, you hear me? Okay, no problem. I'll be here if you need more. <laughs> All right, peace out. Good thing he doesn't know we also call that as Labrador. <laughs> that sounds really fucking shady. Yeah, I know, but smell this shit, dude. <laughs> oh. <coughs> oh. Oh, damn. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of this. Right. Twenty minutes later. <laughs> Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Oh my god. <coughs> Whoa, man. I, I, all right, we gotta just watch. This. We got Mel out. Mel out. Right, yeah, I'm fucking Flash. wasted, bro. What's, what's on the tube? If you act now, you can purchase this Vibrator 9000. Great for lovers and ex-boyfriend. Now, if you add the kerosene to the dish, you make it yummy yummy. Oh, look, I have a flame. Good. Hello, and welcome to Nutsack. <laughs> Whoa, man, there's nothing on. Oh, this channel sucks, dude. Oh, wait, hold on. I got the TV guy. <laughs> the TV... TV... <laughs> TV guide here. Let's... Oh, look, man. Fucking... Yo, switch to channel 136. We got fucking Popeye meets Spongebob. Hi, Spongebob. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> look what I found. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Three hours later. <laughs> Wow! Uh, Zan, uh... <laughs> Dude, I think that this is the, uh, the plot of the movie, man. I kinda realized that two hours ago, but I... I thought that maybe I was wrong. I... <coughs> either way, for those of you who are listening, this is the month of dope. Uh... Uh... Movies about, well... Dope, drugs, debauchery, and 
other <coughs> other pretty cool stuff like that, right, man? Oh hell yeah, all yeah. sorts of crazy things, counterculture related, man. Yeah, we'll probably be here on this couch for I don't know how long. This is some good shit. Feels like we've been on. <laughs> we've been sitting here for days, man. Just kind of like, well, we gotta open a window, dude. I think we've been hot boxing your entire <laughs> house. So either way, hope you guys enjoy and well. Oh, you know the drill. Wait a minute, man. Do the do, do the uh, the dough deck the dodeki dodekahedron. The dice of power, whatever, man. The dice of power. Yo, it's such a crazy word, dodecahedron. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, either way, the rules. I know rules don't apply as, as usual. There are no rules, man. Oh man. Well, we'll talk about. Oh. <laughs> Okay, alright. See you guys next week. You see, Zan? I told you, man. First, we find the purest cocaine we can find in Mexico. Then we find a rich schizo connect. Then we get the money. Then we get the motorcycles. And then we throw our fucking watches on the ground. And we hit our asses on that pavement to find America. America? I'll tell you about America, man. And I'll tell you about this podcast, too, man. People say this America, it contains adult language in mature situations. And that's not bullshit, man. There's a lot of adult language in this. Because fuck shit, man. We're just going across America. And those Venusians who are coming to get us, you know? They're implanting us. They are completely and utterly taking over this country and making it weird for us. True Americans, not those ones from the South who won't let us go into a second-rate hotel. I mean a second-rate motel. And those who persecute us for having a long hair and riding motorcycles and not looking with the norm, not fit with the norm. It also contains things like communes, but not the good communes you would think about. I'm talking about those that are bad, made with rich, wealthy kids who don't know how to farm, who don't give a shit about anything, but they think, oh, we're going to pray to the gods. They don't know shit. And it also contains things like sex in the Mardi Gras and with some very interesting prostitutes. But you're going to have an ass trip and it's going to be all messed up. And that's what America's about. And that's what... Zan. Zan, get it together, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> You gotta chill out, man. Take a hit of this shit. But, but, right, calm down. All right, Just right, calm well, down. We gotta talk about the lawyers, too. Because this episode right, contains right, lawyers. The lawyers, they'll come. They'll come. Well, they'll come. Don't lawyers. worry. Also has Captain America. And Captain America, he's not... He's not... He's not a comic book character no more. Nah, he's a personification of what America should be. Okay, Zan. Okay, here. Take one of these little pills. This will chill you out, man. All right. Listener discretion is advised. We gotta hit the fucking road.
episode 36. Zan and Deke find America. It's too heavy, man! It's too heavy! Pap smear! Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spikin' Movie View. This is your host, Zan. This is your co-host, Deke. First off, sorry this is a really long intro. I know some of you are like, oh god, when are they going to get started with the episode? It's been nine minutes. Hopefully we cleared it up, made it a little bit quicker, but... I hope nobody's saying that. I think it's pretty entertaining. No, it is pretty entertaining. It definitely is. I hope you guys are enjoying this, because this is, of course, another wonderful episode of the Spikin' Movie View. For those who don't know, Spikin' Side that provides information and reviews about movies... We have two podcasts, it's this one and our manga review, which we talk about manga. We discuss the different nuances, but like I said, this is the movie review. And it's more important, because this is the first of a new month. We have a new theme month. And of course, as you can guess, this is the theme month of dope. We're talking about movies having to do with cannabis and blow and other things of that nature. All sorts of drugs. And... Yes, and surprisingly, we start off with a pretty iconic movie, but we're going to get to that in a moment. But first, before we do anything, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakin.com. And don't forget to include the www part, or if you just type it in Google. Very true, very true. You can also email us at spirakinmovie at gmail.com. And also, email me at zan at spirakin.com. Or you can email me at deke.spirakin at gmail.com. We're on a Twitter under spirakinmovie. Which is cool, so if you want to see our updates or anything like that. And yes, and we, we also have the facial book, Spirekin, I guess there's two, manga and movies. So just search for them in your in your smartphone or your computer or whatever you have. And you'll find it, and it'll be very good to see what... Basically what we represent. Exactly. And we're pretty inventive, and we have a lot of fun in this show. We, we're relaxed, laid back, and we just go out and completely sound random. I'm still messed up, man, from this movie. I really am. That's what the thing is. In this episode, I'm not really going to edit it, I don't think. I'm just going to kind of ramble because it works with this movie because this movie is that type of Dennis Hopper-esque insanity like guerrilla filmmaking they just kind of shot stuff and put it together and what happened happened true but before that (laughs) it's that time for what are we talking about what time is it Zan master I have mail for you you got mail there's a letter in your mailbox the Spark and Email Review. Yes, we have actually one email Yay. from a guy named Cliff37. Cliff? Hey, Cliff. What's Cliff have to say? I don't know if he means Cliff like the actual tangible Cliff, or his name is Clifford. Like, Clifford the Red Dog. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Sally. <laughs> well, Cliff, it's cool to hear from you. He's like, hey, Spark and guys. Dark Man episode was hilarious and informative. It actually made me go out and buy the fucking DVD. Awesome. Also, it was very cool how we talked about Ted's death in the movie, how he bobbed up and down and he got run over. (laughs) But one question, though. How come you guys didn't talk about the one minion's death on the skyscraper? The guy who was holding on to Julie, and he got shot off, and then you just have the other guy just kind of look at it and just, "Eh, whatever. (laughs) It looked like whatever. What's up with that? Well, we were kind of constrained for time, so we had to skip over a lot of little things, including the... Plus, we kind of, I think we generally liked the movie. Like, all three of us had the same consent. We didn't want to spoil too much of it, just because it was fun. We had fun watching it, and obviously, you were in for a good surprise. I'm sure you appreciate the fact that we didn't ruin it for you, especially since you went out and bought it. So, yes. hopefully we did our job. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was that stuff. That I hope mm-hmm. you liked uh, Durant's death, and the helicopter chase, and all, <laughs> and the fucking... One of the awesomest movie weapons of all time, the rivet gun. <laughs> yeah. Also, loved the stinger. And I'm not talking about the Julie. That kind of got lame. Hey, I worked really hard on that. There's over 50 Julies I had to go through to find the right ones. 
but enjoyed the stinger. Hope you guys do more stingers like that. Well, we we're, we're going to well, start doing that. I more. think we, I, I like the stinger too. Uh, the kind of a snippet of a conversation that we had, and it kind of got you know, mm-hmm. kind of gives a behind the scenes look. It's and like also, Easter eggs. would you guys explain what is Acid Trip Man? We will get to that in a f- future episode. Oh, this month we will get to that, Cliff. We promise you. We promise that. Well, either way, hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good day, Cliff. Well, thanks for your email, Cliff. Do we have any other emails? Not really today. So we gotta go through and sift some more stuff out. But that's a good little email. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, thanks for writing, Cliff. Glad you like the podcast. Uh, Thank you for. We the- appreciate all feedback. If anybody sends us an email or a postcard or whatever the hell you send these days. Uh, oh, smoke all, signals. <laughs> even though I message over Facebook, that works too. If you're a friend of us on Facebook, then yes. by all means. Well, we we had one message, but we're going to get to him next week. Okay. Yeah, you were very happy with that message. Oh. <laughs> From Siggy? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, Siggy emailed us again, and we'll get to Siggy in a moment. Yes, Siggy, I know you're listening. You're like, oh, they're going to talk about it in my email now. No, we're going to wait till the next episode. Because yeah, this got... episode, we got a little bit to talk about, and we got a lot of time. No, wait. Reverse that. We got a lot to talk about in a little bit of time. So, yeah. Either way. So, let's get on with it. Now, if you remember from the last episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review, we rolled the one, the only, <gasps> the, the Dodecahedron of Movies. Prostate. Yes. The Dodecahedron. We rolled the Dodecahedron. And it dictated to us that we were viewing a movie which is iconic to the not the drug scene but it yeah, is no the counterculture movement of the, the mid 60s I guess the late it, 60s it is a milestone in that period if you look at it from one aspect it's a buddy film if you look at another aspect it's a deconstruction and study of what makes America what it is and the transition which happened from the 40s and the 50s and the difference between the baby boomer generation and the hippie generation and how it changed over time. Yeah, it's the people that grew up during the Depression and World War II, and then up to the kids that were coming of age after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. That was a pivotal time in American culture, and there's so much shit going on, and it was like, almost like the changing of the guard, and there was this resistance between the old and the new, and this movie, I think, covers a lot of what that had to do with. It does, and it is a very... Some people say, oh, it's going to be a stupid movie. It's a very intellectual movie, and for that reason, it actually was added to Library of Congress's National Registry, which is kind of rare. That's, the Wizard of Oz is there. Let's just say that. Films well, like the Wizard of Oz Star Wars is there, too. Yeah, the truly great movies. We should get on to it. So this movie was actually directed by one of our favorite, unfortunately he has passed on, but our favorite actors, directors, crazy drug-addled people. And we're talking about Robert Robert Sr., <laughs> Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> the man himself, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, he actually directed this movie, and he starred, and he part- wrote this movie, and he's actually produced by his best friend. Were they best friends? Are they best friends, or...? Who, uh, Peter Fauna? Yeah. I get, after this movie, definitely, they must have been. Yeah, they are good friends, and they're both starring, and it's directed by and written by both of them. Also, Jack Nicholson is this movie, young Jack Nicholson, and he actually acts very different than what you perceive now, because you usually perceive him as the asshole playboy. Wait till they get a load of me. But this was when I actually liked him a little more, when he acted more kind of like, hi, how are you doing today? And more nice and more polite. 
he had like well I mean this when was this movie made in 69 right 1969 69 <laughs> fucking Woodstock man actually this came out right before fucking Woodstock one month before Woodstock this movie was released and to top it off this movie was made for an estimated $340,000. It's a chunk of change, but not that bad, right? It's not that much. Even in 1969, to make a movie for that much, it really wasn't that much. The movie grossed $41 million. That is... That's fucking huge, That's man. like a 21,000% increase. The movie did good. Really good. So you know it's a good movie. There's a couple of things. The music was sequenced by Roger McGowan. And this movie, for those of you who don't know and have never heard of it, the movie is... Easy Rider. Uh, exploration into what makes America. About two men go looking for what it is, and they don't find it anywhere. Now, we'll say this right now. We're not really going to cover the whole movie because this is a movie that you really can't describe because a lot of it is a lot of just wide shots of them just riding down. It's a lot of, yeah, free, like freedom shots, like them on the motorcycles. Uh, obviously, if you know anything about the movie, motorcycles. That should be the one thing you associate with that. Motorcycles represent freedom, okay? And these guys are the epitome of freedom. There are parts in this movie when they're riding when you just want to... We can have a guy in front of the screen with an American flag just waving it around. Going like, it's kind of that like America is the free land, the land of the free, the home of the brave. It gives you that sense in it, but it also tears it down and just brings it down to its worst. Yeah, exactly. It does two things. It makes you feel great about living in this country. And if you don't, I'm sorry. America is great. America is great. But it's also, as they reveal in the film later on, it's also a very fucking terrible place. With a lot of fucking pieces of shit, but they want to let you know that you can find that freedom. It's there. It's in the highways. Yes. It's on the roads. And for those of our non-American listeners who are listening, it's a good study of how it's that perceived freedom that Americans have, and the truth what it is. Yeah, it shows the American dream, and also shows the myth of the American dream. It's like a dichotomy. There's two different aspects of everything. So let's get on with the beginning of the movie, because that is the part where it actually is a narrative. The rest is just a, a journey. So opens up with our two main characters, who are actually named after Wyatt Earp and Billy the Kid. Yeah, Peter Fonda is Wyatt, and I mean, which you don't find out later on until later on. It's the on. last line of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and then Billy is Dennis Hopper. But we all, we're going to call Wyatt Captain America, because that's his nickname through the film. And he also has the American flag patched on his back of his jacket, and his motorcycle is America, American flag, yeah. stars and stripes. So, this movie about finding America doesn't start off in America. In fact, it starts off down in Mexico. With two fat people. Two horribly fat people, and one kind of drug czar-looking freaking dude. With an umbrella in his hand for no reason. And they're talking all in Spanish. And you don't know what's going on. They're kind of meeting at this gas station. There's pobres all over, pobrecitos all over the place. So then he's like, busts out this shit, and it's powder, and obviously it's cocaine. They they do it, and then they start getting zipped immediately. Okay, so they're like, hey, we're fucking buying this, and then they pop down his cash. The deal is on. Next scene, L.A. baby, fucking airplanes in coming. A great in. transition sequence because you see Peter Fonda. Looking at the czar in a very iconic pose. Then it goes to the czar, and the czar is kind of like, <laughs> and he hands him the money. Then it goes back to Peter Fonda, and it's Peter Fonda standing in front of LAX. 
a very nice transition. You actually scene. see the plane in his glasses, and then it flies overhead, and then he like he looks around and sees it land. It's awesome. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. This is before CG, mind you. There is virtually no CG. There is no. There's no, nothing. There's it's <laughs> bare minimum practical effects. It's just the fake blood. That's it. Yeah. So they meet up with their connection, played by Phil Spector, who produced multiple Beatles albums, all these crazy. Ridiculous. Went to jail um, for murdering someone. Yeah, he killed the woman, and now he's currently in prison. But that's besides the point. He shows up in a Rolls Royce, basically makes the deal. He samples their cocaine. It's good. Hands him probably, estimate about 40 grand. Which does not look like a lot compared to what you think about it. It's a lot of money, but it looks like he gives him, like, maybe four bundles of hundreds. Like, four hundred dollars. Like, here you go. No, it was a lot. There was, like, four stacks of... Hundreds. Of, yeah, so, it, yeah, it was a lot of money. So no, they hand him the cash... And then there, there's no talking during the, the exchange. It's all just like... Completely silent. Yeah. They hands him the money, he does the drugs, he's like, hey, you know. So the next scene, it's them suiting up. They, they're loading their cash in this PVC tube, a vinyl tube, and then they put it in a gas tank of this motorcycle, and then all of a sudden, they're on these hot rods, and they're fucking... They bust out. And yeah, no, they're very nice designed motorcycles are there. I'm going to say Harley Davidson choppers. Yeah, absolutely Harley choppers. Peter Fonda's got eight hangers, like a low rider. So both 1946 and 1952 Harley Davidson's, the Hydroglides. The one was remade. At the end of the movie, they actually blow it up, but they remade it and the replica sold for a lot of money. They don't really replicate it. If you go to Harley Davidson and want to replicate they won't do it. That's interesting. They'd probably have to get a custom... Uh job yeah but regardless they're choppers this is like what was going on back then you know it's just that travel they want to travel they're free they have money they have forty thousand dollars which back then was worth forty thousand dollars but the cost of living was like ten thousand dollars for a year so like a fucking a grocery store clerk could support a family of five for five hundred dollars I mean? yeah it's, it's like you can retire from that it was different than it is today with the rampant inflation and the depressions and all the shit that's going on today. This is them breaking out from the norm. They were free. They had no jobs to go to. They had all this money. They had their bikes. And they had a goal. They were on their way to Mardi Gras. Down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, and as they're driving, you find out that they wanted to go to New Orleans. They're very happy about it. Well, more importantly, it's Billy is more happy about it. He's, even though he's very antagonistic. Yeah, Dennis Hopper's he's a little bit of a fucking freak out at, at the beginning. Like he's he's grilling everybody. He doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't like anybody but Captain America and that shows. They meet travelers along the way and he's grilling them the whole fucking time. And he's like, Who do you work for? And he's like, I don't work for nobody, man. I just wanna know what's going on. That's all I wanna do. I wanna know what's going on. And he's typical Dennis Hopper being creepy. But he is an idealist in the film. Clinging on to this dream of going to Mardi Gras and having fun and just relaxing and when they get to that he's still clinging on just using yeah. like a security blanket no you're absolutely right okay so here's the thing there's a bunch of different sequences like the speaking parts are all different scenes okay and they're all interlinked by like uh, highway montages just them actually driving motorcycles on the road they're just going down and there's like songs of the time playing got like Little Feet has one song during the transition and you have Steppenwolf like three Steppenwolf songs you have the band you have yeah awesome sequences just like that it's, a, it's, it's just music and it's then, an excellent album if you, if you want to just relax too yeah so in the beginning, they meet up with this dude out in New Mexico. He's he looks got a like family. A <laughs> yeah, he's got a gigantic hat and a gigantic family to boot. 
But it's it's cool. They can appreciate. They change a tire on his land, and he invites them over for dinner, and that's cool. It's all well and good. He's got a nice. And before that, and it's had... a white guy with a, like a Mexican woman, and like all these interracial kids, which really wasn't that highly looked upon at the time. But it was a nice. It was a nice showing of that the world is changing. Before that, they went to a, a hotel, tried getting into it, and immediately the guy walks out, sees them. They flips the no vacancy sign, not letting them stay there. Yeah, they had to camp out because they literally could not get a room. They have $40,000 on them, give or take, and they can't get a fucking room. It's like, that's what was happening, though. There was, like, a lot of this, the counterculture movement was gaining speed. You had the Grateful Dead out in San Francisco and what was going on up in New York at the time, like all this... Woodstock and... Yeah, all these bands were coming out and the, the kids were growing their hair out, but then there was, like, this resistance by people over the age of 30. They were, like, really weary of what was going on. They didn't like it. They weren't a part of it and wasn't their scene. Some were. Some were... Uh, I'm, yeah, attack, I'm sure there was, like, different... You know, give it... There's always, like... But you're right, you're right. There was there was the that, that resistance which would happen. And as they're driving on, you see them deal with different situations. It's, it's, it's a bunny movie with a bunch of... If it was a book, each chapter would be a different scenario they were in. Because after that, they met the family. They bump into this hippie who's a hitchhiker. Who honestly, when I first met him, I would like I would have slit his throat because he seemed really skeezy and just kind of like he was an asshole. He looked a little weird. He was very quiet. Didn't say much. He was nice though. He offered. He pumped their gas for him and he paid their gas. Yeah, and... Dennis Hopper was like freaking out about it. You know, he's like he didn't trust him. But to be honest with you, he was just along for the ride for a little bit. He's like, hey man, we're... he didn't tell him where they were going or what was going on. You know, Dennis Hopper's like, hey man, where are you from, dude? And he's like. It's where I'm from. He's like answering real cryptic, you know. He's, he just didn't want to reveal. But if you think about it, uh, Turnabout is fair play because later on when he tries to be nice because he, he kind of, now he's knows him and he's kind of being cool with him, the guy's being a prick to him. And it was kind of a reverse of that. Yeah, well, finally they get to where they're going and it's like some crazy commune. And a commune back then meant 20 or 30 people. No rules, you know. Men were sharing women and it was all going on. There's like free love things going on. They weren't living money. They were just trying to eat and sustain one another. And these people don't know how to sustain themselves. That was a problem. They're like, they're living on an area where the, the earth is so arid and unhospitable, yet they're saying, we're going to plant stuff here and it'll grow. That's what the farmer's doing. It's like, no, you need water and other things to make the plants grow. It's not going to grow on this dead land. But they're... Yeah, they were all disillusioned to begin with. They all came from the city. They are probably rich white kids. And then they're, they just they were like, you know what, fuck it, man. They found acid. And then they just were like, their minds were open up to these different thoughts and ideas. And they just went somewhere. And then tried to survive. And then they were kind of getting on, but not really, you know what I mean? The guy was being a realist. The hitchhiker was being a realist. He was like, yeah, we're not going to survive unless we get shit together. And it's not really working out. Yeah, but they still had hope, though. And they were grateful for what they did have. Like, they were eating dinner, and there was a big prayer, and everybody prayed together. And then they were still really, you know, just glad to be alive. So they weren't bad folks by any means. Just disillusioned and lost in life. And then from there on, they go further down the road. They actually end up going in a parade. They're driving, and they, if they make a turn, they end up in the middle of a parade, and they're like, okay, we'll just drive right along with the parade. <laughs> There's like boats. a marching band, and they're like stomping their feet and like just riding with them. There's like cowboys with lassos. It's like the typical hometown America, probably in Texas, parade. And so they're, you know, whatever, they're having a good time. And all of a sudden, whoop, whoop, 5 shows up, pulls them over, and, and they're, they're like, arrested the for parading without a permit. 
<laughs> which is Billy's like, "What the fuck? Parade without a permit? I ought to piss off you!" He's like, "We're sweeping touring parades all across this country. We're top dollar, man." He's like just going on one of his usual Dennis Hopper rants, and then uh, they wake up a drunk. And at first, Billy's like, "Who the fuck are you? You woke up my friend. What's wrong with you?" And this guy, who they've never met before, immediately guard shows up. He's super polite to him, and he immediately says, "Why well, don't I kick that guy?" It's like, "Well, just relax. Just relax." He's with me. He helps them out, even though that Billy treated him like shit. Yeah, Billy threatened to like stomp his face in if he looked at him wrong. And uh, this, the this, the stranger is Jack Nicholson, and you find out that he's a lawyer, and obviously he has some sway with the local authority. His father is probably rich and important, like a senator. And or he's something. always in the drunk tank every day. Yeah, he's he, yeah they're raging like, hey, alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a fucking awful alcoholic. Drinks whiskey right out of the bottle at nine o'clock in the morning. So it's good. It's good breakfast. It's a great scene. That's one of the funniest lines in the movie. Um, but yeah, he's a raging alcoholic. He sees their bikes and stuff. He's like, so where are you going? And they're like, yeah, we're on our way to Mardi Gras. He's like, well, I must have started out for Mardi Gras six or seven times. I never made it past the state line. He's like, I sure wish I was going with you. And they're like, you know what, this might be actually be pretty good. This might be a cool guy. You got a helmet? I got a helmet. And he shows up, he's got a football helmet from his high school days. It looks like a leatherhead fucking yeah, helmet. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty funny scene. The song that they're playing, I don't remember what the song is. It sounds like he's actually singing it. It's a pretty good scene. It's him riding on, he's actually free. Even though he's a drunk, he's free. And he's a square, mind you. We forgot to say he's a square. Now, for those of you who don't know what a square is, besides being an actual shape, square was a slang term meaning he is... Like a straight edge. He, he wasn't hip to the groove. He wasn't in the scene. He didn't partake in the, the extracurricular activities that our protagonist Yes. He's a, they end up converting him to their ways, and he actually... And we'll tell you this now. Throughout this movie, you see them doing a lot of drugs. Now, the question is, if they did not do them or did them, most likely the things that they did in this movie were actually filmed and added. Yeah, actually, the drugs were real. At least the marijuana was real. That we know for a fact. There's been interviews. Dennis Hopper himself said, yeah, it was real grass, man. We had a bunch of ounces. The fucking cast and the crew were fucking smoking this reefer. Uh, so everybody was stoned during the making of this movie, including the actors. And there's some funny fucking scenes. There's a lot of campfire scenes where they're just blazing these dudes. And, and just talking. And just talking. And it's great. Like, it's just, they get into these tirades about the government. and About aliens. Aliens and, like, being respectful to the dead. And, like, sometimes it gets a little heavy, like, these conversations. But they're all honest to God, you know, stoner conversations. But they're conversations which fit with the movie, too, because... Later on, George has become part of the group. They actually, at first, Billy was really antagonistic, but now like best friend, buddy, buddy, like best guy. And they end up going to a, a really southern, rural restaurant. It's like a diner or a speakeasy or just... Nah, just a diner. It's like a mom and pop diner. They roll in fucking hillbillies, like deliverance style, like real bad, like... And it was... I'm all high speed, ha ha ha, look at this little long hair freak. Look at him, he's a fucking... He must be a faggot. You know, they're fucking awful rednecks. People we hate. You know, being really rude to them. And then in the booth right next to them, there are a bunch of young girls who are looking like, oh, they look really interesting. Think they rode in on bikes? And you see the comparison of the two, like the old guard versus the new guard. Yeah, it's like, even though these girls, you know, they are from this small, rural, hick town, they were kind of hip to the idea that these guys... 
they looked like new, and they were all attracted to them. I mean, they were gruff. They had long hair. They like their tight pants. They like their style. The Even Jack Nicholson looks like a lunatic. He's wearing suspenders with a red shirt because he had to clean his shirt. And he looked, and she's like, he looks interesting. These guys are new. I mean, it could be the fact that, oh, the grass is always greener. But they had that opinion, that willingness to see something new, to try something new. Meanwhile, if you look with the hillbillies, there is one young kid with them. And he is a really, really big racist. And there's a rude person. And Jack Nicholson's like, okay, we got a biggie here. I mean, he's a bigot because he makes a reference. Yeah, what were they saying? They were like, they were talking about how low that these guys were, you know? He's like, they're going on some tirade about gorillas and their mothers couldn't even love them. And then they're like, ah, I bet he laid down with one of them coloreds out there. Because that, that's how low he saw these, the, the you know, uh, uh, fucking Billy and Wyatt and Jack Nicholson. And then uh, the one, like, the, the paw of the group, he's like, nah, wait a minute here, I don't even know about that. Because... What they were saying was, like, one guy was saying how low it would be, in his eyes, they would mix races with a black woman. And then the, the other guy was so bigoted, he couldn't even fucking make that connection, because he's like, oh, wait a minute, a white and a colored And then, meanwhile, think about this. Earlier, we saw an interracial couple, and they were perfectly fine, perfectly happy. Yeah, they're happy. So you see this complete dynamic shift. And then, so these guys, they're getting a little freaked out, because they're saying, they keep saying, I don't think they're going to make it past the parish line. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like the classic fucking let's string them up by the neck in a tree kind of like lynching fucking scumbags. So they say, fuck it, we're going to go. And they go. And there's this really, it's, I think the best scene in the movie is where they're talking about how they... So Jack Nicholson and Dennis Hopper are sitting there and, you know, now they bonded. They're buddies now, you know, as opposed to what they were before. Dennis Hopper all shifting. Now they're pals. Jack Nicholson basically sums up the meaning of the movie, which is that these guys, these hillbillies, are afraid of them because of what they represent. What they represent is freedom. And he's saying that they're really not free because of because of all these horrible ideas and what these other people represent. But, you know, you can't tell them that they're not free because then they'll get fucking, they'll get vicious, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll turn on you and get, like, murderous. And then, so that's where it's going, is they're afraid of, of change, of what the, the new blood represents, and they want, they're going to fight tooth and nail to preserve the old ways and they can't they just can't accept it and this leads to them pulling a very vicious crime in the sleep beating them killing George aka Jack Nicholson in, a, in their sleep yeah they beat these guys they slit his fucking they hit him with a machete in his chest and cave his skull in and you know, it's just a horrible murder scene. It's a, it's a very dark scene. And from this point on, honestly, the film, which you could have said, oh, was kind of lighthearted and heavy at a low point, just takes a really dark turn. Yeah, it's, you, you see the, the true ugliness in America at this point, the, what was really going on. It's like, yeah, in the movie posters, you know, at the rock concert, or if you're in California or on the East Coast, it's okay, but... Down south, there's some really fucked up shit going on. No, from this point on, it just gets really bad. Because early on, Billy's to Captain America. When we get down there, we're going to have a good meal. We're going to get a Mardi Gras. It's going to be all great and fun. They end up going to Mardi Gras after that. They drive there, and they have a, a really nice meal. It's an elegant meal. It's a nice spread. They're drinking from wine glasses. And Billy's having a great time. He's drinking. He's smiling. And why Captain America is just kind of contemplating, like, what the they still think he's, it's really heavy for him. I mean, yes, their friend just died. They just saw a man get killed. They had to bury him in his sleeping bag. Yeah, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do with his stuff, you know? It's like, so it, it's still fresh in his mind. Billy, 
he's trying to forget it. He's like, hey, we're free. You know what? Fuck it, man. Yeah. You know, that shit's fucked up. And, but. And, we, and we'll do him one favor. He wanted to go to this whorehouse, and we're going to go there. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have sex. We're going to do all this stuff, and we're going to do it in his memory, and we're going to be great and happy. He's trying to force it on himself. And what leads to a really... Well, we don't even want to get into the whole scene with a, a very badass trip. Yeah, uh, they get acid from the guy at the commune earlier, and it's some strong acid. He's like, hey, man, when the time is right, you split this up into quarters, so... He's like, your time is almost up. Yeah, there's a lot of foreshadowing. of something really dire that was going to happen. So Mardi Gras, they party all night with the whores, and then they go into this cemetery in this graveyard... And then they do the acid. And then they have this really bad freak out. Now, I just want to tell you, okay, this movie was getting heavy. The Jack Nicholson thing, I didn't get over it. That was bad. George dying, that was, like, fucked up. But then they go into this really bad acid trip. A six-minute acid Listen, guys, if you're going to experiment, do whatever you're going to do. I can't condone such behaviors, and nor will I, you know, whatever. Acid isn't like that all the time. It can be happy. This... Acid trip was really fucking bad. It was very uncomfortable. Girls were crying. They were in a cemetery. Don't trip your balls off in a cemetery, okay? That's that's some. You need to have a nice, happy environment, preferably outside on a sunny day in the hills alone with your buddy that's also doing it, or your girlfriend, or something. But just don't talk about heavy, dark shit, and you'll be all right. Yeah, you have to be in a clear state of mind. But yeah, these, again, we don't yeah. condone anything. No, of course not. Of course not. But either way. So that being said, so they. They get on with it after the acid trip ends. They're all still kind of freaked out. Nick, they're on the road again. Okay, they're get they're going they're going. And out. this and then there's a scene which is arguably the conclusion of the movie before the end, which is the climax. Which I think they actually they could have ended the movie there, and it would have been a little bit not as harsh. And it's just you see they're on the beach again. Of course they can't get a room, but now they're going to Florida. And Billy's like, yeah, man, we did it. We're retired. We're rich. We're going to Florida. We're gonna live there. We're gonna have a great life together. And Peter Fonda, Captain America, looks at him and says, You know, Billy, we blew it. What? <laughs> what, what, what? That's what it's all about, man. I mean, like, you know. I mean, you go for the big money, man, and then you're free. You dig? <laughs> we blew it. Yeah, and then he just turns over and goes to sleep. And then Billy's just sitting there like, well... He can't fathom the fact that, that they did blow it because up to this point, yeah, they went to Mardi Gras, they did what they said, they all their plans had come to fruition, but he, he couldn't just grasp what, what Wyatt had said, like that they actually did blow it. They went on a trip to find good stuff. They had the American dream vision in their eyes. They had this idea of what America was about. and I mean, Billy may have found his own America, but Wyatt found a different place in Billy. And it was not a really happy place, not what he had, his dreams had told him it was. Yeah, it's not that Jack Car- Carrick? Yeah. The Jack Carrick imagined a vision of America, that road trip where everything's all nice and sunny and shiny. It's not that America is the city of gold. It's more that America is... A city obsessed with gold. It's you get that nitty gritty and that darkness. And why is seen the underbelly of America? And it looked back at him. You know, he looked in the darkness. It looked back at him, and he gave. He was found wanting. He couldn't. He's like, I don't. He kind of wants to go back to that innocence of yeah, the ideal from the beginning of the movie. He's 
been changed forever, not yeah. for the better. No, you definitely. It was. It was. I guess all, now at this point, you could say it was a coming of age film. They were young guys at this point. Yeah. But they went looking for the bright gilded road, but it just led into the darkness, and yeah, they lost a piece of themselves on this journey. And after this, there is the climax, which we don't want to just don't. Yeah, I think we should get into it because it's important. Yeah. All right. So, so our heroes, our protagonists, are going finally. It's the end of their. They're driving on the road. Two guys, some hillbillies, drive up in a pickup truck, pull out a shotgun, and just kind of insult them. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna scare the hell out of these boys." <laughs> yeah, of course he has a fucking gun rack with two shotguns, like in his ratty ass pickup truck. So he pulls it out. He's pointing it out the window. He's like. I'm gonna blow you away! And then fucking Dennis Hopper doesn't even look at him. He flips him off. He's like, fuck you, man. He's like, how about you get a haircut? No response from Dennis Hopper. Like, no, he doesn't give a shit. He's on the fuck. He doesn't fucking care at this point. Hmm. Let's see. So you can't scare him. What are you gonna do? Oh, so the guy just fucking pulls the trigger and shoots Dennis Hopper in the chest. Fucking, he flies off his bike. He turns like, what happened? And they keep driving. Fucking Wyatt pulls over. He's like, oh shit, Dennis Hopper's still alive. But he's like, ah, like fucking dying. His chest has a huge hole in it. He's fucking dying there. You know, Wyatt's like, oh man, I'm gonna go get help. I'm gonna go get help. Then it cuts back to the hillbillies. Yeah, I think we should turn around. Because there's another one. They don't want any witnesses. So you see, it's it's ominous. So Wyatt's fucking full throttle going down the road. You see the pickup truck turning around in the distance. Heading right for him, and then that's exactly what happens. Why it's fucking flying? He sees these guys, shotguns out, fucking shoots it, hits the bike. You see the bike explode, fucking. Then it goes to an aerial shot, like a helicopter shot. This, the smoldering American flag bike just burning there. Why it's body on the side of the road, and it just like pulls out, and you know their journey ended in just death and misery. It's like that question which some people say. Is it better to live with infinite knowledge or live in ignorant bliss? Is that, do you really want to know what you find? I mean, I think everybody should, and I would really urge anybody listening to, you know, go explore. Because where you live, you know, that's not all there is. That's what I think they were illustrating with these hillbilly characters, was that these guys were locked in their ways, and they had never been beyond the state line, beyond the highway of their own town. Wyatt and Billy, they were, they were travelers, and they were, they were going through, and they were met with this adversity. But, you know, like I said, it's not all about that. And if you can, by all means, try to find something else. If you're unhappy with, or if you feel idle, if you feel like you're stale, or you want to see new things, by all means, go ahead and do it. Yeah, take that dive off of that diving board. Take that dive. Make that pact. Do that. Do something you've always wanted to do. It will make you feel like a new person. And hey, it's not guaranteed you're going to have a horrible and crappy time. It doesn't. It's not all going to end with fire and brimstone and just a hillbilly shooting you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I'm sure not. You know, if you want to go down south to Mardi Gras one day, you know, chances are you probably won't get blasted in the chest with a shotgun. You know, but this was just like an illustration. It was a metaphor, and it was pretty fucking heavy, to be honest with you. It was actually kind of uh, very heavy. As you can tell, I apologize for the somber tone of this podcast, but that's what the the point of this movie was, was finding America and 
Sometimes it's not what you think it's going to be. But like Wyatt and Billy had originally, we should all just kind of hold on to that hope that there is something better. I mean, it may not be true, but I think that'd be the best bet. That we hold that tone, that hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That's not just we're going to drive up and, as I said before, we're going to drive right into the shotgun of a hillbilly with a three-gun rack in the back of his car. <laughs> well, look at you, boy. I'm going to show you. Hey. <laughs> hey, look like I want two. <laughs> yeah, but the visuals in this movie are amazing and they're very relaxing and the music is really good for this movie. Like I said, the soundtrack is amazing. Just watching him go from place to place on motorcycle just kind of sets you free. And the, the music that they set to it really really speaks loudly. It speaks The images on the screen are heightened by the sound that you hear. And it's great. It's awesome. And some of you are wondering, wait, this is the month of dope. We haven't talked about the drug aspect. Well, there is. It's mainly we've talked a little bit about them just taking the acid, doing the weed. There's not and, much else really to talk about. It's not a uh, Stoner movie to watch when you're stoned, unless yeah. you want to get really depressed. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends though. You can, they, they smoke a lot of weed. They have obviously the coke deal in the beginning. The acid, you know, it's that was what was going on in America. It's not like you sit down. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a stoner movie. <laughs> you know, you can't go on get expecting it to be a goofball comedy. This is not a comedy by any means. So it kind of, you know, drugs plays a big part. And it's actually probably the first drug movie made, you know, like the like where it embraces it, where it doesn't try to, you know, make anybody afraid of, of drugs. It makes them makes them open to it. Yeah, anyway. this is the movie after Reefer Madness, which was parodied, and this movie, even though true, you are rooting for drug dealers, and that, as mentioned by someone we were talking to, says, it, against the counterculture, that's really a bad thing because it vilifies the movie a little bit because. You're not rooting for the the good guys are actually bad guys. It it takes that 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 strength out of it. I guess so. I don't think that they were bad guys per se. No, I mean I, they. You know, obviously, drug, I have listen, I have no problem with drugs. Okay, I mean there's some drug. You know, heroin is awful, and you know whatever. Well, I'm not going to get into this whole rant, but uh, you know I have no problem with the fact that they were dealing drugs and smoking dope. In fact, it was kind of cool, but. It, it was the time. It was it was laid back. There weren't really, you know, it was kind of lax, and uh, everybody was doing it, and it was just kind of sh- showed it to America. And that is what makes this movie what it is. Now, for those you don't know, we have a rating system of instead of using numbers, stars, thumbs, obscene digits, which we're not supposed to talk about in polite society. I give this one up, <laughs> but can you get it up? Look at the picture! Look at the picture! It'll get you up! I can't perform in front of people. But we use phrases. And our lowest rating is protest outside your local red box, so no one references reprehensible piece of shit, to our highest rating, which is really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell, and your soul will be forfeit to the 12th layer of hell, where you'll be first to watch episode one for all eternity, with Jar Jar Binks massaging your shoulder, saying, Miss, I love you! Miss, I love you! Meanwhile, Durant will be trying to cut your fingers off, and you'll have mom doing the titty fuck from an extension ladder while you have a shotgun held to your head by a fucking crazy hillbilly and some drugged out hippie commune leader starts getting heavy on you. Like, oh man, it's all awful, man. 
It's awful. Pay some respect to the people below your feet, man. They're all dead, man. Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk all depressing until you fucking kill yourself, man. Sounding like, well, Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse Now. Man, you gotta see, man, man, man. Just come from Dennis Hopper. <laughs> but before, before I give my rating, I wanted to say one thing. I didn't bring this up way back when we did the My Science Project podcast, but the costume he wears in this, which is the frontiersman leather fringe and the cowboy hat and the the full handlebar is the exact same look he has in this movie and in that movie. So it's kind of a nice callback to it. Yeah, it's very cool. So, with that said, despite all the depressing aspects of this, because it's a depressing movie, this is a movie I recommend that you definitely should see. Even if you don't like the movie, it's something which should be experienced. It will open your eyes a little bit, give you kind of a feeling about life in general. And for that reason, I'm going to have to give this a borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered. Well, some the purest cocaine from uh, Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna that's my rating as well. You have to see it. You definitely go out and see it. It gets heavy, but it also it'll open your eyes. There are a lot of flaws with the movie. There are. It's but a little dated too. It's it's dated, but like I said, it's not a movie that you're gonna want to watch every so often. It's a movie worth watching once, and it's better than you know just watching once in theaters. Because it's a movie that you know you can sit down and analyze, but. Some people might say, no, you guys are wrong. This movie's worth uh, worth watching in theaters once or having in the background while surfing the internet for porn. Especially the acid trip scene. Granted, like we said, it gets a little heavy, but it's it's the cultural importance of the movie that gives it such a high rating. Yeah, we could go on about how while in New Orleans, you know, they were filming and there was no lighting or anything. The, the camera is really grainy and dark and... There's actually people like looking around, like looking at the camera, like, oh my god, they're making a movie. <laughs> and then there's actually people throwing beads out. And, you know, we could go on about that, how most of the lines were ad libbed. But you know what? That's what gives it its charm. And it, like I said, it, it was what was happening at the time. It personified a uh, counterculture movement and it actually became the voice of a generation. And it, one of the first movies to, like, just have a great soundtrack with actual rock and roll music of the time that was coming out and just like you know letting it roll and last thing I'm going to say about this movie is my my listeners our listeners take your watches throw them off get on your bike let's ride hit it Sam <laughs> but alright well either way remember you can check us out at www.spockin.com at www.spirekin.darkbb.com for our forums. You can email us at spirekinmovie at gmail.com. Email me at zan at spirekin.com. Email me, deke, dot spirekin at gmail.com. Our Twitter is spirekinmovie. And our Facebook is spirekinmovie review group. And there's a bunch of other stuff you can check that out in the show notes. And now's the part you've all been waiting for. What are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only the dodecahedron of movies. Support. Yes, the dodecahedron of movies. Now, what is a dodecahedron? The dodecahedron is a twelve-sided object, and what we've done is we've assigned a movie to each of the twelve sides. And unlike our usual rules, we only assign nine. There are twelve movies here. We got some good movies, some bad movies, and all of them have to do with the month of dope because it is going to be our second week of the month of dope. So. And to roll, actually, we're having our hidden, mysterious guest host. 
Belchan, who's been listening in on the majority of this episode. So how are you doing, Belchan? What do you think about our review? Oh, good. Well, I didn't hear the whole thing, but it sounded good. Yeah. Roll so we can see what it's going to be. Number seven. Oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good roll, huh? All right. I guess it's it has dictated. To, that's what yes, I think yes. And so apparently Hunter S. Thompson has come from his ashen grave from the Gonzo Cannon fist, <laughs> the fist cannon. Of, fist cannon. <laughs> if you didn't know, yeah, he uh, Hunter S. Thompson. He killed himself, but part of his last will and testament was to have his remains shot out of a cannon, which they actually built in the shape of a giant fist. Which was his symbol. If you watch in his movies, his books, you see that fist showing. It's the double-thumbed fist. Yes, the double-thumbed fist. And if you didn't guess, this movie is starring Bill Murray. Or the Buffalo Rome. No, 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 wrong. It's starring Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro, and actually a couple of... Really good cameos by the likes of Cameron Diaz and some other folks. And, uh, of course, the Busey himself. Uh, Gary Busey is in it as it's well. Like, it's like, it gets kind of lonely out here. And actually, this will be our second uh, Terry Gilliam film. Yes, we're going back in the world of Terry Gilliam. Yes, you're right. Yes, we're going to ins- explore the insanity with a gem known as Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, based on the novel by Hunter S. Thompson. Excellent film. Really good. Are we going to do the Criterion version? Well, I don't have the Criterion version, so we're going to do the regular version. This movie we reviewed today, Easy Rider, made the world a more dark, complex, and hopeful place, I'd say. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Sorry for the downer. Next episode's going to be a lot of fun and trippy. We're going to talk about lizard people and... Fucking white rabbits and... uh, Carving Z's into foreheads uh, and... Desert motocross rallies. And destroying not one, but two, or is it three hotel rooms? <laughs> three, at multiple different places across town. Convertibles <laughs> and, and suitcases full of drugs. And, and breaking coconuts on top of cars, it's say. We're sending this back to... <laughs> Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, so, with that in mind. Alright, Zan, it's time to get these choppers on the road, man. Very true, very true, so... It's been real, people. Find America. Do yourself a favor. And stay away from uh, the South. This has been Deke. Indians. And this is your Hosan, and my fair quote from this movie is Here's the first of the day, fellas. Old D.H. Lawrence. Catch you guys next time.
river flows It flows to the sea Wherever that river goes That's where I want to be Flow, river flow Let your waters wash down Take me from this road Can't even get into like a second-rate hotel. I mean, a second-rate motel. You dig? Don't they think we're gonna cut their throat or something, man? Like they're scared, man. Well, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Amen. Oh, we represent to them, man. As somebody who needs a haircut. Oh no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, all right. But talking about it and being it, that's two different things. I mean, it's real hard to be free when you are bought and sold in the marketplace. Of course, don't ever tell anybody that they're not free, because then they're going to get real busy killing and maiming to prove to you that they are. Oh, yeah, they're going to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about individual freedom. But they see a free individual, it's going to scare them. No, well, don't make them running scared. No, it makes them dangerous. Yeah, so what do you think about our list, which is for coming up, our, our list? Let's see. You want to read it? No, you think that's a good list for our month of dope, or not really? Yeah, that's a pretty good list. Yes, we got some good ones. I yeah. Oh, highlight some of the good ones here. No, I don't. Uh, let's see. I was thinking. Well, the list encompasses uh, multiple uh, multiple genre. Well, not multiple genres, but multiple walks of life that may partake in such substances. Uh, we have the. The African American community represented the, uh, the typical white stoners. We got the uh, crazy 
tripped out, uh, just all around craziness guys, and uh, we got some more seventies, and it's it's a good list. And Hunter S. Thompson, yes, in one slot, not two. We were gonna do both movies in this one. I thought we'll split it in half. There we go. Because Hunter S. Thompson is Hunter S. Thompson is Raul Duke is. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to carve a Z in your forehead. <laughs> oh, Benicio Del Toro, a.k.a. Peter Boyle, a.k.a. Uh, Dr. Gonzo, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, uh, the Samoan guy. The other Criterion version? I don't have any version. And the Criterion version goes for like fucking $40 still, so. Ah. I saw it at one place for 30 but it was like, uh, I don't really? know. Really? Uh, what is the difference between the Criterion? Well, we'll discuss Well, it's Criterion. Cause they have... They have better films, obviously. I don't know. Maybe we'll check Amazon. So I don't know. We, sh- we should... Because I gave you... you should, well, we should look on the Gonzo movie, see if they talk about it. Actually, should we put that on the list, the Gonzo movie? Uh, I don't know what Gonzo movie. It's called Gonzo. It's literally a, a biography of Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, just that? the videos of him ranting and raving, <laughs> pointing guns at people. Get the fuck away from me! <laughs> I'll like, fucking kill you. Yeah, that guy was crazy for... Uh, <laughs> He just had tons of weapons. Best is he ran for mayor of his of his town. Like, <laughs> no, sheriff. Sheriff is what he ran for. And he had a legitimate campaign, too. Like, like <laughs> he was legitimately running for sheriff of, like, where is he from? Like, Las Vegas or something? Some, some, like, Alaska. He's like, like I'll win, because I'm crazy. <laughs> he was actually a genius, a very smart man. He was a very, he was, he, had a do- he was a doctor of journalism. He wrote for Rolling Stone, um... He did a lot of crazy writing, and he was a smart man too. He, it was unfortunate, like his uh, brain was a little crazy, but you know, it comes well, he did the like an Aussie level of acid, like for twenty years, acid every day. It was good though. The world was a better place because of him. So, okay. yeah, this, yeah. Oh, no, we'll sorry. include this singer too. Take this chair. I will stand. You sit. You sit. You will. Did you see Star Wars was on last night? Star Wars is on Spike all day. Watch they it, I did. all the time, though. But watch it, I did. And kept watching it working. <laughs> I walked in back room, it was on. It was, I sat there and watched. It was actually, uh, it was on at the party I went to last night, which is part of the reason that I'm, like, kind of out of it right now. Yeah. That was a late night for me. There's lots of drinking going on, of course. And actually, speaking of uh, Hunter S. Thompson, he, uh, there's a beer called Flying Dog, and it has his, uh, his artwork on it, like all the Gonzo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was drinking Raging Bitch, uh, which is actually like 8.3% alcohol. And so I had a couple of them. So that's like drinking two and a half beers per beer. Needless to say, uh, <laughs> I was a little sauce driving home. But I made it. I'm fine. Yeah, course. you're fine. The, uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't get a call this morning saying, Hey, Alex, Zan, I need you to bail me out of jail. Uh, how much you need? $150. Uh, how about a cake with a file in it? <laughs> that'll, that'll give me the foot long. The foot long. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That was from Pee Wee Herman. Yep. <laughs> we gotta do that movie one of these days. That's on there. We got a couple other movies. I mean, well, we're still recording. This is a Stinger. Oh. Um, yeah, we're just kind of having conversation. Yeah, you can you, yeah, join in. Oh, join in. We're going to do, you know, just... just my name. <laughs> no, I'm going to edit it out. No, no, I'm, just gonna, I'm going to beep it out. You know that. I'm a master of editing, supposedly, according to some people. Some of you who are still listening don't think I'm a master of editing, but screw you! <laughs> screw you, Benny! <laughs> How many references can we squeeze in one episode? 
I don't we should know. do that one time. Just nothing but pop culture references. <laughs> oh, like in Paul? Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I guess we can talk about that. Did yeah. you like Paul? Yeah. It was funny, right? Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, if you get this it's and ridiculous. it's still in theaters, by all means, go and see Paul. It was a great flick. Definitely a good flick. Definitely. It was a really good movie, I think. It was good for everybody. And I yeah, can't believe what you said when the movie first started. It was hilarious. <laughs> I said, um, they were at, like, a comic convention... And um, I was like, oh, it reminds me of you. <laughs> like, just like you. Yes. <laughs> but it, that is us. It is. Hope, I hope we're like them at the end of the movie, though. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you guys, yeah. There's a lot of goodness in that I play. just hope that there isn't a guy like, like hey, Gav, remember me? <laughs> hey, D, come here, biggest fans. Oh, I survived the explosion. <laughs> Actually, no. He, I know them. Did he? No. Yeah, he explained the explosion. I, that's what they said. He was like for a split second, though. So he had to be like, was that who I thought it was? It wasn't. It did. wasn't the jerk. It was the, the geek. It was the other guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy who I would have liked to survive. The other the jerk deserved what was coming to him. I like the best. The best running gag in that movie was the three tits. Like they all said, they're like, oh, awesome. <laughs> And he's like, oh, why didn't you make it four? And he's like, oh, that would have been sick. <laughs> and then the alien at the end, ah, three tits. <laughs> yeah, you see Paul, and he's got three tits on him. It's like, what the hell? Yep. That was funny. And what was the other one? The other one was the uh, whole, uh, uh, oh, the, the, it's like, I'm on a mission from God. Yeah. Tell God you failed. Tell <laughs> <laughs> you failed Go we'll see Paul, it's great. Definitely worth watching, definitely really good. And... Oh, wow. What? Who's that, man? What, was, what the hell was that, man? Huh? No, man, like, hey, man, wow, I was watching this object, man, like... Like the satellite that we saw the other night, right? And, like, it was just going right across the sky, man, and then... I mean, it just suddenly, uh... <laughs> it just changed direction and went uh, whizzing right off, man. <laughs> it flashed. You're stoned out of your mind, man. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, like, I'm stoned, you know, man? But, like, you know, I saw a satellite, man. And it was going across the sky. And it flashed three times at me and zigzagged and whizzed off, man. And I saw it. <sighs> that was a UFO beaming back at you. Me and Eric Heisman was down in Mexico two weeks ago. We seen 40 of them flying in formation. They, 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 they have got bases all over the world now, you know. They've been coming here ever since 1946, when the scientists first started bouncing radar beams off of the moon. And they have been living and working among us in vast quantities ever since. The government knows all about them. What are you talking, man? Hmm. Well, you just seen one of them, didn't you? Hey, man, I saw something, man, but I didn't see it working here. You know what I mean? Well, they are people just like us from within our own solar system. Except that their society is more highly evolved. I mean, they don't have no wars. They got no monetary system. They don't have any leaders. Because, I mean, each man is a leader. I mean, each man, because of their technology, they are able to feed, clothe, house, and transport themselves equally and with no effort. 
Well, you know something, man. I think... You want to know what I think? I think this is a crackpot idea. That's what I think. How about that? <laughs> How about a little of that? Think it's a crackpot idea. I mean, if they're so smart, why don't they just reveal themselves to us, huh, and get it over with? <laughs> why don't they reveal themselves to us is because if they did, it would cause a general panic. Now, I mean, we still have leaders upon whom we rely for the release of this information. These leaders have decided to repress this information because of the tremendous shock that it would cause to our antiquated systems. Now, the result of this has been that the Venusians have contacted people at all walks of life. All walks of life. <laughs> yes. a devastating blow to our antiquated systems. So now Venusians are mating with people in all walks of life in an advisory capacity. For once, man will have a godlike control over his own destiny. He will have a chance to transcend and to evolve with some equality for all. How's your joint, George? Oh my, I believe I believe it went out. I got I got to talking so much I clean forgot about uh, went out. 